Three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And, 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 and now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, Lapora. Hi, thanks, Asher. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, who do you say you are? Uh, gosh, that's a great question. So for anyone who doesn't know me, I would say that I'm kind of at the, the crossroads of inspiration, coaching, and writing uh, right now. And I consider myself to be a career confidence whisperer. So someone who is able to support people throughout their careers, whether it's entry level or if they're in a more of a transitional career phase. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And we were just kind of catching up about the book you recently wrote and just what the process is like. And you're saying like, just writing the book is part one, marketing the yeah. book and actually getting it out there is a whole nother, a whole nother thing to itself. It really is. And it like, even like, if you want to break it down even more, I would say that writing is maybe like 30, 40% of the process. And then public, like getting the book out there, getting it into the hands of people yeah. is the other 60 to 70%. That's that's where the bulk of time goes. And so people said that before I started writing, but it didn't kick in until it happened. <laughs> I was adjusting my camera a little bit. I, I oh, noticed that it, it looked like I was sitting lower, but <laughs> that's funny. But I, I guess, so I think last time we spoke, you were in the process, like, I think you just finished writing the book and you were doing like the final edits of it and everything like that. And for that to be 30% like that, that took a while, didn't it? <laughs> it did take a while. And that's the thing too. So it's weird. So writing is, I say for anyone who is inspiring to write, number one, just go ahead and start writing because it's going to take some time. Uh, but writing takes a longer amount of time, perhaps because you are trying to get those ideas out there. You're trying to figure out how to best word it so that you're not constantly repeating yourself and you're wanting to make sure that people get value from the book. Marketing, even though there's a, a shorter time span, there is a lot more uh, intricacies involved. It's not just you. It, it's not just you at any point, honestly, when it comes to writing a book, it's always going to involve someone else, which is really weird, uh, but good, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But with marketing, it is a constant go, 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 go. It's figuring out how to get this into the hands. It's getting the reviews. It's okay, now I got to get this done. So there's just so much, so much versus writing is, yay, let's, let's, get, <laughs> let's get this book out. <laughs> yeah, but I, oh, yeah. I like that. I like the fact that you play to your strength and just using your personality, like doing videos, like maybe getting, like even putting like the, what would you call it, like a care package? Or is that what people should expect when they receive the book? Like all the uh, other things that come with it? So yeah, those are, so I I had to talk to a couple of marketing professionals because it's not my, it's not my forte. And that's, that's a weakness that I have. So with the, the book, for the marketing aspect of it, there's something called influencer boxes. 
and then galley mailings. So for the influencer boxes, it's myself and other vendors who we we get together under the coordination of one person. <laughs> we get together and we all put our items in a box and we send them out. And this is so that it, there's a, a better um, understanding of the, our products being out there. And hopefully that person will be sharing that with their audience. And so not only are they purchasing my book, hopefully, but they're also going to be purchasing those other items that are also within that box. And then there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's something else called galley mailings, which is essentially we we just mail out, again, with the coordination of a marketing professional, <laughs> we mail out um, books along with letters and requesting them to provide an honest review after reading the book. Um, so that way, once the book comes out, there are some reviews that are already established. Readers have the opportunity to look into it and to have a better understanding of what they're purchasing before they purchase it. That makes sense. I guess it it makes so much more sense why you have middlemen or like someone to help coordinate or play to um, the strengths that you're not strong in. Like we we talked about also last time, just having different assessments and things like that and knowing like the, the Myers-Briggs and knowing like be strong where you're strong and let yeah. like find somebody else that's comparable to you, someone that you can work with that is strong where you're not strong. That way it's like you're both exchanging something of value and it's not just like, oh, it's it's cool to hang out, but if we're trying to do business, <laughs> you might want to do business and not just be like, oh, it's a fun hangout session, like whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. There's that saying as far as with not being, I don't remember the saying, I'm really terrible with sayings, but something about not being the smartest person in the room. Like you, yeah, you don't yeah. ever want to be that. And there is truth to that because you want to be able to learn from other people. And if you're mm. this, and it's not to say that if you're the smartest, you can't learn. But I think that that saying is that you have to be in a position where you're able to learn from the people that you are around. There's something that you don't know that they know, mm -hmm. and you need to take the time to gather all of that insight and all that information. And hopefully you can strengthen your weaknesses. I like that. And, and I guess even speaking back to like that, that, bringing different creators together and putting all their items in the box it's nice to see like okay this this is a nice to have this is a nice to have and then like as you get to the bottom of the book it's like oh what's this bottom of the mat like okay <laughs> like yeah no not bottom i was every time i think of your book bottom of the food chain i'm thinking bottom of the mat podcast because they were these oh. podcasters i met in um atlanta where they before the pandemic they had this um soul food cypher it's like a hip-hop group that meets together once a month and they'll do live events very cool i'm thinking they got back to doing live events they were doing a couple on zoom during the pandemic but one of the things that they would do is like highlight something in the community or they would do after they'd meet up throughout the month they'd go to schools and do givebacks like people that want to be poets or artists they'd show them like okay this is how you write bars so like the bottom of the mac podcast I think it's two two ladies that they do like a, a history of hip hop and also like what's going on and what's what's what are the ev evolutions. But like very cool. Every time I, I think of that, it, <laughs> the reason I brought it up is like bottom, like whenever you you're going through a box and it's like this is in here too. Okay, what what's this? <laughs> let me let me open it up, check it out. And it's like yeah. the message is very to the point and just giving like we talked about having similar audiences giving people that hope so to speak and and really knowing that like where you are matters enough 
And like, you can find value in that. You don't need to always look up to the celebrity or look up to that. Like, there's nothing wrong with celebrity or there's nothing wrong with, with fame. I'm, I'm sure it, it may have its issues, but like just being able to appreciate where you are as a person and still be willing to do things for other people goes a long way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think so many of us, especially as I work with people, like whenever their careers, I constantly hearing, oh, you know, if I can just be a, a supervisor or a manager, I would change some things. And so, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like, why can't you change anything now? And, 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 it, and it's not as, as easy as, okay, so I'm just going to go and make changes, but it's just figuring out strategically what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and how can you make a, a it may sound cliche, but honestly, how can you make a difference in that workplace yeah. or even out in the community? Like it doesn't have to be limited to what you do in your job. It can it can spread out to what you do in the community, what you do in your neighborhood, because we I, a, a big part of how we identify ourselves is with our role and our title. But we're more than that. Like I'm not just a career coach. I'm not just an author. Like there's so many more parts of me, which is why I, I call myself a career confidence whisperer because it's more so of describing what I do versus the title that I have. I like that. The, like the whisperer. It's just like, <laughs> I forget who else had that moniker where it's like the dog whisperer where oh, like, yeah. like all this commotion could be going on. And he's like, uh, is it Caesar Gracie just comes up and he's like, Hey, like <laughs> we're not looking at the dog. We're not doing this. And then they did a spoof with uh, South Park and Cartman was supposed to be the, the supposed dog. Oh man. But man, that, that is awesome. I, I guess what, what's been some of the feedback you received so far? Oh, so far it's been pretty good feedback as far as with individuals who may have the, whether they're self-employed. Um, I'm hearing a lot about uh, graduates. So whether they're high school graduates mm -hmm. or college graduates, again, those individuals that are going through that transitional phase between one role to the next, uh, and then entry level, it's how the book is created. It is, it's not a lengthy book. It's, it's a shorter book. And the reason for that is because I'm thinking about the people who are perhaps constantly on the go, or maybe this may be their first self-help book and they're wanting some insight. Um, the thing that most uh, advanced readers are, are lacking about it, so the people who got the early copy, they're lacking about it are each chapter contains a set of what I call reflection questions. So after we've covered everything in the, the chapter, then there's the opportunity for the reader to sit down, read those questions, and then there's space for them to be able to write their answers. Because I don't know about you, Asher, but for me, like if somebody tell me to do something, I don't do it right then. I'm probably not gonna remember. <laughs> I'm gonna forget. It's not gonna happen. And so it's with hopes that this kind of increases the ability of people to take action right then and there, or at least start that process of, of thinking about things differently. Gotcha. That makes sense. It It's funny. Um, I guess speaking of like the self-help type book, did, did you want to lean into that more or did you want to lean away from it? Because I, I guess sometimes it can kind of get a, a stigma to them. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, that's a, a great question because it has been um, 
trying to think about how to word this. I didn't realize the stigma that was tied to um, inspirational self-help books until I started like deeply involving myself in it as an entrepreneur. Like when I was a, what I call an intrapreneur, as in I was an employee, I was working for someone else. I was still, I was into like self-help, um, motivational, inspirational type things, but I wasn't doing it. I was just the, the consumer at that time. Mm-hmm. But being on the other side of that, I, I there is certainly some stigma there. And so there were times when I was writing it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I, am I, am I joining like the, the am I going to be like, like crucified here? Like people are going to like, just take, like, take me to the stake and just be done with me because I'm writing this book. But the other part of me is like, Lapore, you read this, you read books all the time. You read self-help books. And so I wanted to, the reflection questions was the opportunity to differentiate myself and also not just inspiring people, but there are primarily three, I take people through three phases within the book on steps that they can take. And so my idea was to be able to provide actionable steps, things that they can do right now. So it's not just about hey, be inspired. You can make a difference where you are, but it's, hey, now let's take the time to look at how you can make these steps. Um, That was something that I really wanted to ensure that was in there to to differentiate myself a little bit. And that was one of the the feedbacks that I've gotten was that my book is more so of a combination of self-help and business. Um, You see a lot of leadership books about this is how to be a leader. These are the steps that you need to take, but you don't see a lot of books about this is how... You, the, the steps that you take to be really good at what you're doing right now. And so I wanted to be able to fill that that void. And so I hope that my book does that. And if it doesn't, maybe I'll try again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like I like the piece about the right now because it it, it helps you look at your situation differently where mm-hmm. you, it's it's not because a lot of people dread where they're at. You dread where what you have because it's not comparable to what someone else has. But then it's like if you stop looking at other people and you stop comparing yourself to other people, you can you can still become a better version of yourself. But it's like that compare that comparison piece mm-hmm. is big because um you can do it unconsciously. And it, but like it's it's good when you've actually you've caught yourself doing it, but then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, no, I'm okay. Like I, I don't I don't need to do that anymore. I'm kind of like, what would they say? I'm reform where I'm no longer like addicted to to the, like the comparison, this and that. It's like, okay, like, no, we can kind of let that go for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, honestly too, uh, Asher, one of the things that uh when it comes to comparison, and oh my gosh, I wish I really knew the psychologist's name. So Basically, um, somebody, <laughs> there was a psychologist that talked about comparison and it is a a natural habit that we all have as human beings. Like we always compare it, it, Even when you look at like assessments or how things are created, it's based off of a comparison of this is going to make your life easier. Well, easier than what? Well, easier than this. So there's always that comparison there. Yeah. And so I think that one of the things for us to um, be able to, to use is that if we are comparing ourselves, it's important to use that as a form of inspiration and not a form of of, of punishment or saying I, I'm not good enough or value, like self-value essentially, but saying, oh, great, like Ash is doing amazing things with this, with this podcast. Like that's amazing. That that inspires me. 
But if we say, oh my gosh, Ash is doing amazing things with this podcast. I am not, I am falling behind the, the learning curve. So it is where that comparison, depending on how we use it, we can use it for the good or we can allow it to consume us. And then we're constantly trying to measure ourselves to that next level because of the comparison. So we we can't get rid of it necessarily, but we can definitely kind of shift the focus a little bit on if we do compare, what are we getting gaining from that comparison? Right, right. And I, I think, um, well, the psychologist is always top of mind, but I might go see him here in November. But one of the things he says, uh, it's um, Jordan Peterson, is compare yourself to who you could be or compare mm-hmm. yourself to who you were yesterday, where it's yeah. like, then you have you have kind of like steps you can take. And um, even now, like I've used his self-authoring tool before, and I'm going to continue to use it because it's like you can write in what you what you do, fill in the blank, basically you go through, if you're going to deal with your past, it's like, okay, that might help you in dealing with like your past traumas, past events that still haven't gotten out of your mind, but like 18 months or so has passed since then. Like that's the point that I heard recently where it's like, huh, that's a good thing. Like you don't want to re-traumatize yourself for something that just happened fresh because you might not be in the best position to deal with that. But like setting future goals So for like six months, 12 months, or two years, just having that short time frame for me helped me kind of make a a short map and really write out like, okay, this is what I I would like to do. But then it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if you don't do that, what's going to happen? Like, what what are you going to self-impose on yourself? And it's like, okay, I guess he says this a lot, but like seeing it actually written out and being able to just like type for 10, 15 minutes in the text and then it stores it and then it can email it to me to say like, here's all the work you did for like the past two years and actually being able to go down like did that, did that, did that. And it's like, okay, like time to set a new goal. But mm-hmm. being able to say like, okay, I want to be able to move to somewhere new I've never been before, be able to explore, work a job that uses some of the skills that I've learned over the years and just even develop learning new skills. And here I am eight months into a new job, new location, um, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all of that. And just saying like, okay, here's where I was. Like even watching our last episode, I'm like, here's where I was when I talked to you last and here's where I am now. And it's like, there's been a difference in seeing where you are, like pre having the physical copy of the book versus now having it and then being on like the marketing front and like getting the feedback from people. And it's like, okay, I had this idea in my mind. I put it out on paper it was a struggle, but <laughs> yes, it's like <laughs> a struggle for sure. <laughs> but like through all of that, it's like now your kids are thinking about writing and like yeah. they might write something different, but it's all the ideas kind of been implanted in their head. And yeah, they might think, oh, like I want to write like mom, but like, or they might say, oh, I'm going to write a better, a better thing than you, which would be, it, it might be good for Amazing. competition, but it's yeah. like, it's one of those things. It's <laughs> like, now you're doing something you weren't doing before. And then what you learned through that process would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you said so many, you dropped so many gems there um, with that. So there's the fact that my kids want to write is wonderful. And I honestly, I think that they are going to blow it out of the water. Like it's going to be amazing what they do. Like they have, number one, a great imagination. Um <laughs> And they, they just, they read so much and it's, it's going to be great. 
um, whatever they decide to do. And one of the things that I try to do is I try to allow them to see what are the things that I have to do. Like we have those conversations, like sometimes mommy has to wake up early in the morning and go to bed late because I'm work. I, when I was writing the book, because I wanted to, to cut out more time during the day in order to be able to spend with them, spend with the family. Um, right now it's a marketing as I'm uh, dropping off uh, marketing materials to different local places. They're in the car, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're watching me and they're just like, uh, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to have my own business. I think that I want to like work for somebody else, which is perfectly fine, but mm. at least they're making an informed decision. <laughs> yeah. You get to see both sides. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so it's, it, it's great. And there was one other thing that you mentioned. Oh my gosh, earlier, I may have to come back to it, but you mentioned no something problem. else. You dropped so many different gems. <laughs> And I wanted to like talk about it all, but I wanted to like <laughs> well, listen for, at the same for time. For <laughs> sure, interrupt me because I guess the thing I, I've been trying to do with, even in the way that I started it, like I've been trying to keep it kind of consistent at the start to be like, okay, introduce, but still keep it conversational. That way yeah. it's like, it's an even exchange and it's not just question, 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 question. And then it's yeah. like soliloquy, yay. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, but wait, 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 what, what's going on there? Like, slow it down for a minute. Like, let me, let me really savor this and enjoy this. But yeah. um, I think the main thing that I, I'd brought up was the comparison piece, like mm -hmm. comparing yourself to who you are, like who you were yesterday. Yes, to who it you was the be. goals. Yeah. The yeah. goals was the one. And that was the one I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. That's, that's, that's so good. But I'm just a, in a conversation. I'm just a listener. I'm not say just a listener, but I'm primarily a listener because I don't want to like cut anybody off. I want you to finish the <laughs> conversation. I want to embrace, take in everything. And then I'll process and then I'll, I'll respond. But you mentioned about the um, the goals and it reminded me of a conversation that I had with my mentor mm -hmm. um, earlier this week, actually. So I'm, I'm setting my goals for next year for my business. And I was I wasn't quite sure because last year, I'm gonna be honest, last year as a business owner, which was my first year, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> it was just let's, I don't let's think just, many of us do. <laughs> let's just get started. Like yeah. let's just figure it out, you know? And so I was setting my goals this year and I was trying to be like set realistic goals. And I was like, well, what the heck is realistic? I don't know, like, am I basing this off of what I did last year, which it wasn't the best year, but I was learning everything. So how does it go? And one of the things that he shared was that goals aren't necessarily meant to be attained. They are meant to provide you with direction mm -hmm. and a focus point, which is something that really sit well with me because I value like self-worth and believing that there's nothing that we can do that is going to increase uh, our value or decrease our value. And that includes reaching our goals. But when he said that, that made, I, it was, it was easier for me to set my goals because I realized that I'm not setting this so I can say I achieved this and now I'm awesome. Cause I've always been awesome. I've always been amazing. Right. If that's yeah. me believing in myself, but I set these goals because I am trying to figure out where I'm going in this next year. And this is the, this is the direction that I need to head in. And you know what? When it comes time for me to see like whether or not I achieve those goals, if I achieve them, that's great. If I didn't achieve them, that's also great because I know what I was working towards and maybe there's some things that I need to adjust, but I just need to uh, keep working in that trajectory 
and that trajectory, or perhaps I need to change it. But, you know, that's another benefit of having those goals is is getting some clarity, providing clarity for ourselves with what we need to be doing. Otherwise, it'll be like my last year where it was just kind of like, <laughs> like <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because I, I think when um something that got me started on the, the self-help book reading track was two books that we got from my first job. Mm. And I, I've got them over here on my bookshelf. That's what I'm looking at. But the the first one was Good to Great and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. I read The Seven Habits and I think I read it all the way through or I, I listened to it all the way through because that's when I discovered Audible. And I was like, this makes life so much easier. You got like a <laughs> 20 minute commute, an hour commute. Yeah. I can listen to it there. I can listen to it when I'm at work, like flipping, thumbing through paperwork, checking signatures and just being like, okay, mm-hmm. who does this go to? I'm writing up a report. I can be listening to a book. I can be getting motivated. But it's like that. The the part about understanding that a goal doesn't always have to be attained because it's like if you have a goal that's just outside of your grasp, like mm-hmm. it it, if it's the right goal, it fulfills you along the way as you're you're striving to get there. But if yeah. it's the wrong goal, it's like it's good to have goals that you can check mark stuff. But if you're just checking stuff off and it doesn't really lead anywhere, yeah. then that's the part that kind of makes you feel like a lot of people describe it as that I got everything I ever wanted. And now what? Yeah. It's like, I don't think that's everything you ever wanted. Like that might've been everything you thought, because I mean, like, I know people like to poo poo on it and being like, oh, they got the cars, they got the girls, they got the, this is like, in a way, like, like the episode that, that came out this week, it's like, I was having this debate in my mind as I I was, I was sharing with my friend, uh, BK, Brian Keith, and he was really, he really has a way of clarifying. um, He really has a way of clarifying just your headspace when he speaks. Because yeah. he, he kind of gets down to the bottom of the question to just be like, okay, why is this matter? Why is this important? Like, what is it that you're chasing? And like, what what is it that you've seen? Like, on the one hand, you can see it as people will always demonize people that have money versus yeah. like someone that has money will be like, well, it wasn't what I thought it was. But it's like you rarely hear from the people that are happy, healthy, doing well for themselves, passing on generational wealth and things like that. Because I think part of it, it's like unless you feel a need to really give back to people something Mm -hmm. that you've been blessed to have, so to speak, it's like if you're content with what you have, you don't really need to you don't need to flex. You don't need to tell anybody like, here's what I've got. But Again, that goes back to the personality thing where it's like different personalities kind of show out. Like some people are more expressive. They might be flamingo-like. They might be um, demanding. The people that seem like they're super passionate or some people would say super aggressive, like those two personalities are the ones that you see more of as to where like the other personalities that might still be people oriented, but they might move a little slower. They'll blend into the background or they'll be doing like they're the ones making sure that the boxes are shipped and this is done or they'll be tracking like what's the count on this like how many how many videos did you put up today like hey did you do this hey do you misspell this word like <laughs> like those different people they might not they might not let you know very quickly 
that, hey, it's good to have money and it's good to have your car and it's good to do this. Because I think people might cross and maybe get confused about who's who and who's really saying what, because a lot of times things might seem like an illusion. If like, if someone's just putting on with like social media, it's like, everybody's just doing highlights. It's like, okay, like how comfortable do you feel being honest? Like not a lot of people do. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's understandable because I, I think a lot of times it's almost like everybody is in this, you go first and I'll go. Like, <laughs> You show me your hands and then I'll play my hand. Yeah. It's like, so long yeah. as you're doing it, so long as that, that's cool. It's like, it works. But I think there, there can be a, a nice balance of like you sharing like the story with the the person making the flower for your kids on the back of the card oh, versus yeah. it being just like, oh, this lady was being racist. She was double checking my receipt. Let <laughs> me know that I didn't buy something. It's like, I bought yeah. it. There's the receipt. Count, count all the items. Do whatever you're going to do. It's like yeah. two very different stories, but two div two very different things happen for people. So it's like, yeah, I, I try not to be like, it's always one way or it's always another way. It's like, both there things can happen in the same day. It it really can, and it and it depends on what what set of lens lenses that we have lenses lens yeah. <laughs> lenses that we have on that that day. I mean, because there are so many more stories that I have about people going above and beyond in their current position because I've been, my eyes have been open to it. Like it was open to it before, but there's just something about, I forget what that, oh my gosh, that theory is called that when you draw your attention to something, that's when you start to see it all mm -hmm. the time. There's some type of effect or. Yeah. I, I know what uh, you're talking about. Yeah. Kind of like if you buy a car, that's all the cars you see or. Yeah. Like yeah. You start to see more of them. But so the other day we were at the grocery store and I was looking at uh, in the in the egg section and there was a guy working there and I picked up a, a carton of eggs and he said, no, 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 don't, <laughs> don't, don't get those eggs. I said, what? <laughs> he said, no, 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 don't, don't get those eggs. I was like, uh, are they spoiled? He's like, no, 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 the pricing. He mm. was like, it's not, a, you get a better deal if you get the ones over to the left, two over to the left. I don't know if he was supposed to be telling me that, mm -hmm. um, but I guess because of the amount of eggs that I was looking for. Mm. And that's the type of stuff that he, he was in this position. He was a, a stalker and a position that people don't typically consider to be like an important position, a, mm -hmm. a position where you have influential capabilities, but yeah. he was literally influencing my purchase. I don't see that as a negative thing. Right. Yeah. But it's just that type of stuff I see all the time because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm aware, like my eyes are open to it and I do see the negative mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I, I just choose to be able to more be more verbal about acknowledging or vocal about acknowledging those positives because I feel like we don't see that as much, especially um, from people who are in these positions where they I don't feel like they get enough credit for yeah. what they do. And so I'm going to keep sharing their stories because <laughs> <laughs> they're doing great things and people need to know. I like it. It's, it's funny because it, it's like, um, there's, I think there's this play. I found out about this school where things went left very quickly. No pun intended, but maybe <laughs> pun intended because that that's a whole nother conversation. But on that same conversation is that apparently there's this play that this college did. It's a evergreen college in Washington state. Okay. And 
basically the gist of the play is that all the workers and I guess the workers were synonymous for people of color. And what what happened was that in the play, they were like, what would happen for a day if they were not present? Would the townspeople notice that they weren't there? And in observance of that play that they would put on at the college, they would also do like, they would allow the students that were the minority students to take a day from the college to be like, hey, you don't have to attend class this day if you don't want to. But then somebody in all their um, intellect, so to speak, decided to flip it. And since everybody's going, quote unquote, woke, they were like, demanding that anybody that was white and not a minority should not attend the college for one day. And it's like it went from being a suggestion, allowing for this to be like, hey, let's highlight these things to now it's a condemnation and a demand to say you should not attend because of your color, which in essence is racist. But many people tell you black people can't be racist, so to speak. But I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go too far down into this. I just, I just, I feel like I'm slowly putting out these breadcrumbs to be like, and here we go. But it's like some something like that was. Um, it it is it is cool to see different people because like people that have those different positions that run the town or run cities or like people that work at night and do those things. Um, they, they rarely become, they rarely notice, but it's like, I think even during the pandemic, it's, there was that whole debate about who's an essential worker. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, if the grocery stores aren't open, nobody gets food. Yeah. Like we need the food. <laughs> if there isn't a gas station attendant every so couple of miles, you run out of gas like AAA isn't coming because they can't get you because they're out of gas. Yeah. Like in these remote parts of the country, kind of where I'm at in South Georgia, it's like you can go 10 or 20 miles or so and there'll be a gas station every every now and then, or it'll be like a mom and pop type gas station, not like a big corporate gotcha. gas station. And it's, I think it's all one of those things based on like who's able to run it and they still have to do the interaction. So like inside, they might not have the best food, but they just sell things that you you can buy on the road and things like that. But aside from almost, I guess, <laughs> just skirting you past that minefield we just went by, like <laughs> I, I do agree with you that people in those different positions are very important and being able to work with them now and like since being in college i think the first time well even before college like working in landscaping working as a technician going into a paper mill and knowing like how bad paper mills smell and why you've got to throw away your clothes from just being in that environment for a day and yeah. don't want to get certain things on you because it will burn your skin and why you wear cotton long sleeve shirts in a 115 degree summer because yeah cotton doesn't stick to you but polyester and other things like that do but like yeah all those people, they work on rigs, they work on um, power lines, they work at night when we're sleeping, they work during the day, they, they're, they're on calls. And I'm pretty sure I fussed at somebody that was just answering the calls because they're part of the call center. But it's like, <laughs> it helps Aww. to have a human to even talk to because like you're sitting there and you're just punching through and you're trying to get the options that the machine's telling you but if the machine isn't working if the ai system's like what was that option it's like 
just just let me talk to somebody for two minutes like they'll solve the problem they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing like just pay that person a proper salary to be able to yeah. just do the job get it done and everybody wins a little bit oh yeah absolutely absolutely you know one of the things that i try to do when i'm talking to the people who work in customer service is number one just getting their name in mm. the using their name mm. like that makes a huge difference because it humanizes the conversation because it yeah. typically it's it's a one-way conversation where we may not get their name and they may call us like Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or whatever the case may be. And I try to use their name when I ask a question. It's, mm -hmm. hey, you know, so-and-so, da-da-da-da, going back and forth from there. And then also, if I do get frustrated, the other thing that I try to do is I say, hey, you know, I'm <laughs> I just tell them like it is like I'm extremely frustrated. Mm -hmm. I am not frustrated at you. I am frustrated at this process. And I apologize that you are on the front lines right now hearing my frustrations. Yeah. Is there anyone else that I can talk to who I can, number one, tell them how good of a job you're doing? Mm -hmm. Number two, tell them they need to fix this process. <laughs> I, I missed that part. <laughs> because uh, because it's not fair that mm -hmm. you have to sit here and listen to me uh, when, in my complaints and probably hundreds or thousands of other people. And typically when I do those two things, my I don't know what happens to the employee afterwards. I think they, they should be fine. But typically I get passed up mm -hmm. uh, and I end up speaking to someone who hopefully they are able to make um, some some changes or impacts, but it started because that customer service rep was being considerate. They were listening. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but when I know that they're trying, then it's yeah. hey, look, you, we we can't we can't stop being frustrated. But what we right, can right. do is we can figure out how to focus that frustration or how to work with the person that we're talking to and mm -hmm. seeing if there is anyone else additionally that we can talk to to change that whole process because it takes that. It takes sometimes multiple uh, drops, uh, ripple effects in order for it to make that big impact. And so for every rep that is considerate making that offer for every person that calls in that is saying, hey, how do we make this process better? Like it all works together and eventually change can be made. And is it a lot of work? Yes, but it's a lot of work with a lot of people. Yeah. And that that shortens down the time. The more voices that you have that are speaking up saying this needs to change, and that could be with anything, mm -hmm. the more voices that you have saying this needs to change, change typically happens because yeah. it's not just one person. When it's one person, we we tend to uh, classify it as complaining. But mm -hmm. when it's multiple people seeing the exact same thing, then there's some validity there. And we say, okay, well, maybe we need, maybe we need to do something <laughs> different. <laughs> right. Right. It's oh, funny. Yeah. As you were saying that, like, I felt my mind kind of creep in another direction i was like not do necessarily <laughs> but i was like no bring, bring it back bring it back just like collect yourself it's like we're not going there we're talking about customer service like yes customer service that's what we're talking about <laughs> i think it's i like, saw you like slowly I, drifting I, and i was I like i tried to go somewhere else and it was like no no we we already tiptoed there like leave it you don't like politics <laughs> don't bring politics into it i'll come back on another day <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but gosh. that that's a good point. Like the part about getting the person's name and acknowledging that they are doing a good job and wanting to speak to somebody on their behalf, letting them know that you will do that. Like 
that's probably what I missed yesterday when I was on the phone because it's like you just feel the frustration with whatever's going on, either like the system's broken or something. And it's like the reality is we didn't have these systems before. Like mm-hmm. there was a time 20, I'll say 20 years ago when things weren't as easy to do as this. But at the same time, as easy as it's gotten, there has been some relaxedness in there. But the thing that got me frustrated before I made the call yesterday to like the customer service that I needed was like the person couldn't necessarily do anything and they kept apologizing. Mm. And I was like, please stop apologizing because it's very insincere. Like you didn't do this to me. So I can't accept your apology and I don't want to accept your apology because like everything I say it's a no 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 I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry it's like usually when you're sorry about something you don't continue to repeat the offense yeah and it's like if you're not really offending me and you're telling me that you're sorry I'm like (laughs) you're kind of rubbing me in the wrong direction and it's like I just need you to stop (laughs) <laughs> and you're sounding like a machine. I'm like, are you a machine or are you a person? Like, what what's going on here? Like, if you can't do anything, I get it. Respectfully, you're doing what you're asked to do. But I do need to get this thing solved. And I do need to know, like, the proper, like, outline of, like, what do I do next? Because yeah. it's like, when when you think you're following something, and it's like you, you having that man in the mirror, mirror moment, so to speak, and just being like, I'm probably messing up. Like, how did I get to the point here where I messed up this bad? And then what do I do reasonably to correct it? And it's like, okay, if I can't correct it, what's next? Like, do I go boohoo and cry? Do I go yell at the world? Or do I just be like, okay, what led to this? Yeah. And then it's like, if I know what led to this, what can I do different to not come right back here again? Because it's like when you're in a a pretty crappy situation, you don't want to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, yeah, just using their name, it it helps um, because then it's like, I I can use you as an example. Let's say I was, you know, doing, you were a a customer service rep and I'm like, hey, Asher, like you keep apologizing, but you don't have to. Like, you know what I mean? Like just me simply saying your name, it it turns it into where we're now having that conversation versus we are talking at one another, which Mm. is what it sounds like potentially are happening. Like you both were conversating, but it wasn't necessarily a dialogue. It was more Mm. so sets of monologues. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But uh, names like names is I don't know if you are. I don't know if we talked about emotional intelligence last time. Um, We didn't talk about it. We did talk about it. No, okay. I said we can talk about it. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't think it, it it's gonna hurt anything. Okay. So with, um, with emotional intelligence, like there's three, not three, four primary components. You have your, um, well, not components, four factors, four pri- primary factors broken up into two components. You have personal competence and social competence. Personal is self-awareness and then self-management or self-regulation. And then the social competence, you have uh, social awareness and then relationship management. And one of the skills that kind of crosses uh, into that relationship management, which is like the the more advanced of the skills, is being able to connect with people, realize what's going on, get a little bit more of their perspective, also realizing what's going on with us, but then finding a way to still make it work. And one of the best strategies that I have found, there's other strategies, of course, is using someone's name, writing it down, say, 
making sure that we're pronouncing it correctly, because then we are now identifying them as a person who is named whatever that name is. And I think that, and it's not even just with the customer server. This is just kind of like going back to my book, like, excuse me, a lot of times when we're in these, um, when we're looking at these positions that we may consider to be at the bottom of the food chain, I think that that's one of the the the, the reasons why uh, we see it as a lesser than is because they are in these positions where we don't necessarily know their name. We're not necessarily identifying them as who they are as a person. Right. Because, you know, like if you're a CEO or an actor, an actress, like these major high visibility roles is what I, mm. I call it. We know your name, right? And we know how to uh, speak to you because we know you know your name. But if you are in those positions, which I, I, I classify my book as being like the lower visibility roles, your name is not necessarily shared. Um, like aside from one, your name tag, and when you do share it, it's very quick. And you don't repeat it. You don't right. repeat your name over and over. And so I think that there is something to be said for us taking the opportunity to figure out um, who someone is or how they would like to, uh, w- how they would like to be their, their name that they would like to be referred to as, and then using that in, in follow-up conversations just to see if we can kind of change that conver- that dynamic a little bit in that conversation. I like that. I like the fact that you said writing down the name is a, a big thing because it's like <laughs> within like the first two seconds, I know they'll mention their name. Hey, this is from da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, remember it. And five seconds later, it's gone. And I'm like, just yeah. ask for the name again. Or like, what? how would you suggest, like you said, writing it down, would you suggest any other way of like trying to remember a name of someone that you're meeting for the first time or you might not see them again, but you want to like actually acknowledge and have a dialogue with them. Yeah. So repeating their name. Um, so as soon as someone tells me their name, it's, oh, okay. So, so-and-so like, is that, is that how you say your name? All right. Perfect. And then I ask again, it may be weird, but this is just what I do. So how are you doing yeah. today? So-and-so like I say their name and then throughout the conversation, I try to use it, um, their name over and over so if I'm asking a question, instead of saying, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that is so crazy, Asher. Right. Yeah. So just consistently finding ways to use it. Now, there there may be some times when you don't necessarily remember their name. If it's mm-hmm. been like an, an extensive amount of time and you haven't spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those cases, just ask. <laughs> say, <laughs> hey, you know, like we, we think of it being like most people don't. But just ask and say, hey, I, I don't remember your name. I remember the if you remember the conversation, I remember we met. At, you know, this particular event. And I know that we talked about these things, but for some reason, your name is just escaping me. Oh, it's so-and-so. I don't get offended because people forget my name. I'm like, okay, (laughs) at least you asked instead of making up a name. (laughs) Otherwise, you're trying to play too cool and be like, oh, yeah, you know, and you just keep trying to find a way to finesse and mention the person in third person. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. and then we're going to do this. And and especially on on social media or Instagram for that matter. It's like if as people change their name or like their <laughs> handle and it's like they don't have their name under it. It's like, okay, like is there a message history? Like can I look back through your post and like mm-hmm. I know I'm connected to you or I'm follow this this is what I've I've literally started doing it. More reasons like having different guests on the podcast. It's like I'm following somebody and I'm like, I cannot remember for me for the life of me, like why I'm following this person. So I'm like, Hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And it's like, or, but I think also it's like being on the podcast or having a conversation offline, like just that tip you gave gives me clarity to just be like, just 
just ask for the name and just admit that you don't know. Like if they judge you in the way that you didn't want to want them to judge you, maybe you just need to find a different person to be around because it's like you can't take yourself too seriously. And yeah. like when you do, it's I think I've I've found myself maybe moving away from people that take themselves ultra seriously to where it's like I'm an important person I matter it's like yeah you you do matter but I don't think you matter any more than I matter or any more than like this other person matters like if you if you walk into a room and be like people should wait on me hand and foot I'm like ah I'm not going down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> it's like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just one of those like certain things about the way you carry yourself really speaks about like the energy you attract or like the people you bring around you. So it's like, if everything around you looks a certain way, it might not always be in your control, but if you find yourself in the same situations over and over and over and over, you might have something to do with it. If you, always happen to turn up after the scene of the crime or at the scene of the crime. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that you mentioned too, Asher, was you said as far as with um like if you're asking for uh people's names and they or they they treat you differently because you're asking or they're they're just not seeming to vibe. And that's everybody's gonna judge you anyways, right? Like one one of the things I say to my friends when we're when we're talking and they say, don't judge me. I say, oh of course not. I'm not gonna judge you. Not out loud. Like <laughs> Because we're all going to like, let's be honest, like we're, we're, we're judging in our mind. There's these thoughts that we're thinking, this is, is this what, is this really what you did? But it, it really is the vocalizing of the judging and putting that judgment, placing that judgment outwardly on the other person where it becomes that problem. But people are going to judge. I just think that let's, if you, if you really want to know, if people really want to know somebody's name and you're really not sure, give them a reason, give them something to judge. It's, Hey, you're going to judge me because I'm asking you what your name is because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're just going to kind of like shift the narrative to the direction that we want it to go in a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let them judge. So I guess as we're kind of, I guess we're, we're wrapping up 2022, like what, what's it been like for you so far and what are you looking forward to in the next year? Um, 2022 has been a year of learning, lots of learning, um, lots of crying. Um, and I know this because I've documented, I've, I've tried to document my, my business journey and my book journey. Um, lots of frustration lots of support, lots of, of love, lots of, um, wins, lots of loses, <laughs> but it ultimately it's, it's been a lot of growth and I, I can't speak necessarily for what will happen in the future, but as far as what I plan to happen in the future, I want to continue this journey. I want to continue the growth. I want to continue the the challenges and the frustrations in addition to the wins, because I genuinely feel I have grown as a person with all of it. And I put myself out in the comfort zone. So I wrote my book for a lot of reasons, but one of, one of the many reasons was because I did a list with a with a coworker and a friend as far as what are the things that I'm most proud of. And my list was very short. <laughs> it was very short. And the reason why it was so short was because I had reached a point, this was like 
years ago when I was just so beaten down, so tired of being rejected, so tired of feeling like people were devaluing me that I was just like, I'm done with trying. I'm done with stepping outside of the box, whatever the box is. I'm just going to stay inside of it. And I looked at that list when I was with my colleague and I was like, there's not a lot of things that I've done because I was playing it safe. And I just decided to go from day to day. But in this last year, I've done, I have much more to do, but I've done so much more in this last year than what I've done in the previous, well, I guess it has to start back a little bit further than that, but within a a certain five-year time span than Mm -hmm. I did within that time span. And that just came because I said, this is what I'm going to do. And 2023, moving into 2023, it's going to be even more so where I'm going to do more things that I never thought I would do, um, do more things that pushes me to a place that I have to learn. If I want to make it work, I have to learn. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Awesome. And earlier you mentioned about like speaking with your mentor and setting up a, like some goals that you can look forward to in 2023. Like, Mm -hmm. is there one that you want to share that looking back a year from now, seeing this or hearing this is like, I did it. (laughs) Um, yeah, sure. So my businesses are very like numer like my goals are very numerical, but I can share this part of um of the goal is being able to expand my my speaking platform, having the opportunity to share about self-worth, share about rejection. Cause these are terms that typically people are like, oh, those are the, the touchy feeling. You know, we were talking earlier about the stigma. Oh, there's the inspirational person, Lapora, who's gonna tell me why I should value myself. <laughs> but I wanna be able to have more opportunities to take those topics that people feel are okay, the touchy feelies, but there are a lot of tangible results that can, that can, that can come and do come from self-worth and valuing yourself. And I want to be able to, to share that, share that at high schools, colleges, and with job seeker organizations where people are feeling like, what am I missing? Why am, why am I not able to, to make this work? I want to be able to share that because I honestly believe that that's something that a lot of people are, they, they haven't yet made that connection. And hopefully next year I can say I've done it. I've, I've been able to kind of start that movement, start that awareness where people are now starting to shift towards realizing how self-worth and being able to handle rejection, how that comes into play in the workplace. Awesome. And life outside of business, family and, and all that, how, um, what is it that you're looking for to, to round up this year? Uh, more family time. The book uh, releases on September 6th and there's some, there's more marketing that still needs to be done then, but it'll be a lot less, I think. And so that gives me the opportunity. We're going into the fall, which is my favorite season and being able to spend more time with my husband, spend more time with my kids, uh, doing the the fall festival activities, which I really like to do, and hopefully visiting family and, and just really just not needing to worry about the next business step, but more so just giving back more because it, it's been a, a really like it's I feel like I have not been as present. Right. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to being more present with uh with my family, both my immediate family and extended family, just uh you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. And I think last time we spoke, you were looking forward to taking a trip. Did you take it? I did take my trip. 
I mean, I have another one coming up. Nice. <laughs> they're not, they're not any major trips, but it's, it's family again, just being able to, to be around family. And cause I mean, the, during the pandemic, it was, it wasn't outside of the norm because of my husband's job, but just not being able to see them, even if we wanted to during the pandemic was really hard, but now with things calming down um, a lot, being able to want to see family and then going to see family Mm -hmm. is really great. That's awesome. Well, I think that's the good note to probably end on unless you do you have a, a copy of the book with you? Yeah, I do. Of course, I have it on standby always. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Can awesome. you see it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, show so, it again. Oh, see. Yeah, I'm so very excited about it. It keeps switching. It kept switching back and forth between me and you. But oh, uh, so do I need to show it again? Yes. Okay. Boom. Okay. Okay. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out I finally figured out how to keep one video on and instead of like having to go back and forth, back and forth, but it's, it's a learning process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's all about learning. Thank you so much for doing the podcast again. And I look forward to your continued marketing, continued success, and just enjoying a better life. Thank you, Asher. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.